Smartcast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the social psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have the opportunity of presenting special guest Suzanne Weichel regarding her new book, The Seven Elemental Forces of Una. In this full-color practical guide, Suzanne Weichel details how to connect mentally and spiritually with Huna's seven elemental forces of nature. She provides simple exercises, techniques, and rituals to help you sense and meet each of these elemental forces, as well as nature spirits, and draw on them for manifestation and empowerment. In the Huna tradition of Hawaii, there are seven elemental forces whose all-pervading energies flow around us in abundance. Each of us has the ability to easily tap into this rich source of energy to aid us in any situation, empower ourselves in our actions, and manifest good things in our lives. You will learn to communicate directly with nature on an energetic level and learn how to build a wheel of the elements to anchor your connection to the energies of the elements and provide a conduit for easily accessing these powers at any time. You will also receive inspirational messages from each of the seven elemental forces. By connecting with the seven elemental forces of Hawaiian shamanism, you open yourself to an infinite reservoir of energy, an oracle for finding answers to difficult questions, and a powerful support for manifesting positive outcomes. We're each already connected with nature, and with these practices explained in this book, we can become an energy healer and worker naturally. It's with great pleasure that I introduce Suzanne Weichel to the show. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. How are you? Thank you. I am fine, and I'm so happy, Jason, that I can be part of the show And I also want to send a warm and welcome and hello to all the person who listened to us. Uh, Thank you. Yes, absolutely. And I know one of the things that I've enjoyed in the last year or so doing this podcast is having different guests on who introduce concepts that perhaps we may not know about and and that isn't very common. And, And your particular book is really impressive to me because of the fact that you share the elemental forces of nature based upon the Huna tradition in Hawaii. I, uh, I know looking at your book, you have one of the quotes as joy is the voice of love. And I wanted to ask you if you could explain how you got involved in writing this particular book and what motivated you to become involved in these concepts. I would like to to start with your second question, that was the motivation for for the book. So, okay. first of all, you you should know that I love writing. Writing books is not uh, work for me; it's just pleasure, and the pleasure comes from the feeling that I get um, a very good food from the universe. So it's not just my ideas that I. Um, wrote down um, I think there are other energies around me and and another wisdom that inspires me and that is something very very useful for a writer the other thing is 
that I did a lot of seminars over the year in nature with different people. And um, the dream was to uh, create with this book a summary of all the experience and all the idea and all the techniques I work with. And the result was the book. And of course, the seven the seven elemental forces was also one of the reasons to write this book, because as far as I know, Huna is the only philosophy who works with seven elements. And I find um, this so useful, especially if you create your own power circle that I want to share it with with more people in Germany, in the German spoken language, and now also in the in the English spoken countries. Okay, I uh, I'd like to ask you about those seven elemental forces of nature, uh, one at a time, and how they work within tapping into those energies to help benefit an individual. Let's say someone in our audience is listening to us right now. And we'll go through these seven different elemental forces. I guess one of my questions would be, in the Huna tradition, how did these elemental forces become what they are in terms of, I would say, models of energetic healing? For example, the first elemental force of nature that's mentioned here is wind. How mm-hmm. did wind get incorporated into this? And how is that something that an individual listening to this show, for example, could benefit by tapping into? Yes. So the wind is a very strong healer. The wind is very fast, very flexible, and a good helper if we want to know more about something. For example, you have a pain in your shoulder, and you did a lot of different things, and um, you have the feeling that it didn't change a lot. So you can call the wind and you can um, imagine how the wind is blowing around you and brings you the awareness and the information you need to know that you can work more focused on, on the healing process, for example. Okay. I have a question. So if somebody wanted to utilize wind, would you recommend that they go outside on a day that's breezy and let it flow through them and help cleanse them? Or how would you recommend tapping into that particular oh, elemental um, force? There are, there are many, many possibilities how you can tap into wind. And what I have to mention first is that you don't have to be outside. So you can okay. even sit at home at your chair and and imagine the wind is around you but if you like you can go outside and you but also outside it's not necessary that there is a strong wind it's not the rule that as stronger the wind the more awareness comes to you it's just the connection with the wind and okay. i want to open the mind of the people that there are also modern forms of wind around us, like the air condition in your office or the the blow dryer. All these things um, have also this this essence of the wind element. For me, it's very important that people think wider and brighter about the elements. So... Um, that it is not necessary to have a certain element in a certain form because each variation of of the wind, for example, carries the essence of wind inside. And And with this essence, we, we can always work. You know, for example, you are in Florida. Um, I am in Germany. Someone other is in Hawaii. They all of these people experience wind, the essence of wind, even if the wind is different. Interesting. I know from looking at the quality of wind that you've mentioned in your book, 
that wind represents consciousness, perception, and realization. So would that be the element, if you're trying to increase your ability to gain consciousness or a, a self-awareness, would wind be one of those elemental forces that someone should try to focus on tapping into? Yes, that's right. So the, the wind helps and us to to gather wisdom or to gather information or even when we do meditation, the the wind can help us to to make um, a meditation more useful, to get more and, insights. And and in the Hawaiian tradition in Huna, there's a, a goddess associated with this element as well. Can you share that goddess with the audience and the significance mm-hmm. of the goddess? For, for the wind, for example, the the goddess is Hiyaka, and in in the Huna tradition, the goddess have um, not a female or a male aspect. They can they can be both. So the the people who want to tap into the wind element, for example, they have different possibilities. They can just go outside and and experience the wind. They can work with the spirit of the wind, and they can also get in touch with the with the goddess of the wind. And each way leads um, to a very very helpful and and a very very healing path. So each person can choose the way that is um, familiar or that feels good for them. I like in terms of meditative practices or even in my own position when I meet with people and and try to read them as an intuitive psychic, I take three deep breaths. And when I take three Mm -hmm. deep breaths, it grounds me. And I feel like it opens up something that I connect to that gives me the ability to work with people. So with your description in Huna of wind, I could see where the power of this particular element could really help somebody if they want to get grounded and if they want to increase potentially their connection with meditation. Have you found that the more you work with, for example, breath work or breathing, that you've you've also experienced that as well? Yes. um, Let me think about how I can express it. I think the the deep breaths you mentioned, this is something that always indicates something new is is starting. That uh, could be just the beginning of a healing treatment like you do, or that could also be something that I want to, to gather more information. And the breeze is always something that relaxes you. And if I want to get some new insights or if I want to be clear and focused on the client, it's always um, good to start with the breathing. And that was also one reason that I mentioned the wind element first, because we start very often with with deep breathing when we do meditation or when we do guided journeys or whatever um, in healing work and also in in all day life uh, breathing is something yeah something we need it's it's um, we can stay a few days without eating but without breathing we would not exist very long Only so seconds. i think the wind <laughs> Only seconds, yes. So the wind element is, is yeah, I don't want to say it's more important than the other ones, but it's useful to start with the wind element. And that's okay. what you do in your um, readings as well. You start with the wind element. And you know what's interesting about that? I start with that without even realizing it's connection to all these other concepts that we're discussing in different traditions globally. It's very interesting for me that there's a universality for all this. Yeah, you are right. Let me ask you when you use the term, or I should say the, the phrase joy is the joy is in the voice of love. Can you tell us, our audience what you mean by that? The elements are very good good mirrors for us 
to see how joyful life could be. The wind, the fire, the plants, the animals, the, the stones, the water. Whenever I, I watch the elements, I have the deep feeling that they are full of joy. And Huna, this Hawaiian philosophy, deals a lot with joy and also with this concept of aloha. And aloha means to to be happy with life, even if you have um, a lot of struggles and problems, be happy. Be happy to be here on this beautiful planet, surrounded with all these elements, with all these sources of, of energy and make the best of it. And aloha means also to give compliments and to, to praise what, what you have. And it's such a good way to get connected with the elements when you send out this voice of aloha. For example, when you when you give a compliment to a plant or to an animal, this is a a very hidden secret. And some people think it's just a phrase. It's it's just being polite. But giving a compliment in the sense of aloha is the best way to start and to get immediately a very deep connection with an element with the element you choose. I really like that. I wanted to ask you about the next element, fire. Mm -hmm. The phrase, our hearts are on fire, we're burning with desire. Or when you look at it, I I, I see it as describing something that's passionate, that you have this. It it also represents, and my interpretation of it, a freedom. It transforms who we are. And I want to ask you, in terms of what you have found working with fire as one of these elements under this tradition of Huna, what else would you say represents fire and its importance and is one of these elemental forces of nature? Mm-hmm. Well, fire is, for me, it's the, the big transformer. So when something gets burned down, there is not much left. So the wind can, can pass through a forest, for example, and you still see the, the trees and the plants and but when a fire passes through a forest there is only ashes left and the huna has not only seven elements it has also seven principles um, principles in the sense of uh, rules how how life works and the second principle speaks about freedom and also about changing your rules and your behaving. And so the fire is a wonderful helper to open your mind and to set new rules and new behavior, new behaving. And you do that really consequent, not just a little bit. The fire is the one who says, Go ahead, don't look back, change whatever you want to change. And that gives you a new space where you can create new things in your life. And this goes also along with freedom. And by doing this, you release a lot of energy and, and you feel powerful to do that. And I just returned from Hawaii where I do a seminar journey for over each year with a group of people. And we stay five days at the Kilauea, this active volcano. So we have day and night this fire energy under our feet. And these five days are always very tough days because, you know, the fire... Um, whispers every second in your ear, go ahead, go ahead, there is more possible. And this is a good motivation, but when you are not used to it, yeah, you have, you have to harmonize your relationship with the fire. 
because that's how the fire works. It forces you to go ahead and to discover more than you think you are able to to do. You go behind your borders and you discover new abilities and new sources. What are you able to do? I really like that as well. I can see that that the act the act of utilizing this elemental force for something such as passion or transformation. When people here in Florida, we have a we don't have the four seasons as easily as other places in the United States. And I know when it cools off in our winter per se, when it's 60 degrees or 50 degrees at night, we like to go and gather around the fire and we'll burn a fire and we'll relax by that. And it, it, it's a healing, soothing energy. So I could see where this particular elemental force could really have benefit for someone if they're interested in wanting to call upon it to help in their own goals of transformation or inner growth or perhaps helping grow their passions on something that they find very dear and important. Yeah, that's right. And let me uh, bring in our discussion again the element of the fire, the volcano element. In in Hawaii, they speak about the good goddess uh, Pele. And maybe some of people know that there was a huge eruption last summer on Hawaii. And it was so interesting to see how the things changed after this eruption. And, and for me, the most interesting thing was I was walking over one of these poor hot lava last year. And now in, in April, I could walk over it and it was not very hot. It was it was regular, so it could have been a lava flow from 10 years ago. And this is also something special from the fire element. When it's finished, it's finished. Don't look back. And we tend to look back and to give the past so much power instead of concentrating on the moment and the day we live now. Living in the now is definitely pivotal and very important. I could see that. I'd like to yeah. ask you about the element of water and how that particular element factors into, uh, you know, gathering, you know, being able to get into growing by actually calling upon this element in the Hawaiian tradition of Shuna. Can you describe for our audience where that particular force can help an individual grow as well. Mm -hmm. The Hawaiian name for water is Wai, W-A-I. And Wai-Wai means rich, to be rich, to, be, to have everything more than you need. And the water is the element that brings the prosperity. And for me, the water is the element that is a really good symbol for being focused. When you watch the waves at the sea or when you are walking along a river, you, see, you can clearly see the focus. The river has its idea where he wants to, to flow into the sea and it follows this idea. So for me, water is the element for focus, for ambition, and for realizing one's goal. And Let me ask you about plants. In my opinion, it's, it's a very brave element because sometimes when I don't feel so brave, then I imagine to be a raindrop high up in the heaven and I imagine how it would be to float down, to jump down, not to float, to jump down to the earth, just having fun doing that. I could see that as well. And I could see water being a good source of something that if, 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 if an individual has a hard time finding focus and concentration on a certain topic that they're, they're really delving into and they need to, perhaps going to, for example, a body of water, or envisioning that in your mind might help 
aid you in increasing your ability to concentrate. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I agree definitely with that. And for example, before we started our interview, I was working in the garden to prepare the big wooden containers for the new plants and the and the vegetables. And the soil in the container was really hard. So it was it needs a lot of effort to get it small and so I thought, what what would be a good helper for me? And the first thing that popped into my mind was water. Because I want to stay focused, I want to put all the energy in removing the soil. And I realized immediately that there was a big change. And it was very easy for me to continue with the work. And before it was more hard work. Yeah. You mentioned that you were in the garden, and plants is the next elemental force that's mentioned in your book. I wanted to see if you could talk to our audience a little bit of how you've personally seen plants and the energy associated with plant life uh, serve towards helping individuals with growth in terms of the Huna tradition. Plants, yeah, plants are the best element to see how it is to be in the present moment. Because I think plants don't care about what's happening yesterday or what will be in five days. They are in the moment, they grow, they make the best of, of the circumstances. They, they can show us even what time of the day is or what um, season we have. And plants are, they feel, they feel so good in their body. They don't think about changing their body. For example, we often think, oh, I want to have um, longer legs or, or a different kind of hair color. And plants are totally happy the way they are. Yeah, that's something that is highly related with being in the present moment. And and making the best out of it. They want to flourish, to bloom, to reproduce and to fill space and they they take every chance they have. And because of that plants are for me wonderful teachers to experience the present moment. And they remind us that we should update ourselves, that we are not the person from yesterday or from 10 years ago or from from childhood, that we are the person right now and that we always keep in mind that we change in every minute. That is true. That is true. I... I... I'd like to ask you, one of my favorite plants is bamboo. Do you have bamboo. a favorite plant that you – yes, bamboo. Do you have a favorite plant that you like to rely on when you think of utilizing this elemental force in the human tradition for yourself? Yeah, I like uh, to work with the palm tree. Even um, there are no palm trees in Germany, but I have <laughs> a deep connection to palm trees, and I love these fresh green coconuts. And I think it's more easy to get a deep relationship with a plant if you have one where you feel good, that makes you feel good. And that's the reason why I often like to work with palm trees. I will tell you that palm trees are definitely one of my favorites as well, living in Florida or in the other parts of the United States. They're not as prevalent, you know, California or down south, but I could definitely agree with what you're saying, that palm trees are very healing and soothing as well. And so I completely can see where you, you, can, you rely on that as, a, as one of your favorite plants. Wonderful. <laughs> the next elemental force of rocks I can personally identify with um, because of, of the element itself, it's, it's the crust of the earth. It's the foundation of who we are. You can look at rocks and 
really there's many forms of rocks on our planet. For example, minerals, gems, crystals. I'd like to ask you, how have you found utilizing rocks themselves fit within the forces of nature for the Huna tradition? And what would be one of your favorite rocks that you would suggest to our audience that they should work with to help increase their connection to nature itself and grow with healing energy? Mm-hmm. So the difference in the Huna tradition is that we don't speak from the element of earth. We speak from the element of stone. So the stone are the hardest element and the element that is very good to to realize. And I like this idea from Huna that the stones are the bones of the earth. So when whenever I walk, it doesn't matter if I'm walking on the streets in the city or in the mountains, I always remind myself that I'm touching with every step the bones of Mother Earth. And that was, or, or that is for me, the best technique to establish a very deep relationship with the element of the of the rocks. I I will say that crystal healing is one of the things that I have personally identified with. Actually, as we're talking mm-hmm. right now, I have a piece of rose quartz in my non-dominant hand because I find rose quartz is a very soothing energy, a vibration or frequency. And I notice that in the Huna tradition, they discuss if I'm and you could tell me a little more about this but utilizing crystals as one of the ways of connecting with rocks and nature is that correct this is correct um but sometimes we we put crystals on on such a high level and when you find a very regular rock somewhere on the street or on your hiking trail you think this is um maybe third or fourth level quality. I, it, it, some people think it has to be a crystal. And in my experience, every rock has a special energy and quality. And what I like to do very much is to, to take a rock in my hand and to ask the spirit of the rock to tell me a story about his experiences or to tell me some wisdom I didn't know before. And in the Huna tradition, the seashells are also crystals because when you compare the ingredients, they are really similar. So you can also try to to give you some new experiences with seashells compared to the to the crystal and see how that works for you. And I think this is one of the secrets why people like to walk along the beaches and collecting seashells that they all can get with this in touch with this energy. That's interesting. Let me ask you about animals because that's the next one of the seven elemental forces of nature. I feel very closely that if you have a pet or if you go to a zoo and you're around animals or in any, obviously the best form would be in a natural environment, that animals have certain energy that can help soothe and heal us. And um, I guess one of the questions I'd ask you is with this particular force, what has the Huna tradition taught regarding reliance on animals as an elemental force of nature and helping an individual connect to nature? I like the Hawaiian word for animal. And the Hawaiian word for animal is holo, holo, na. And the translation is go out for pleasure. (laughs) And when I hear this translation, then um, immediately the picture of a cat pops into my mind. Lying in the sun, stretching and strolling around and looking what's new and searching for mice 
And so the the animal they have pleasure by using their power. And you know in the shamanic tradition they have this concept of power animals and in the end the animals are the symbol for the power we have in in us, we carry in us. And also that we are our own authority, that we can decide how we deal with other persons, with circumstances, that we can allow people to hurt us and that we can also take back this allowance. And to use one's power goes along with to be confident and to have self-confidence. And this is something you can see when you when you watch animals, they are self-confident. And they rely on their intuitive ideas they have and they follow them. I think that's very interesting as a point that you could study an animal, observe an animal, and gain insight from that animal as to such concepts as confidence and in terms of exploration and curiosity. I know when I'm around animals, if I go to a park, I'll watch a squirrel or I'll watch a bird, and they're entertaining. They give you that opportunity to have a glimpse of what their lives and existence in nature are like when they hunt for food or build a nest or care for their young. Yeah, that's right. I like, I'm a very practical person. That was one of the biggest reasons why I choose to work with Huna. I did a hike some days ago in, in California, and after a few hours, I felt pain in my shoulders because of the heavy rucksack I I was carrying. And then I thought, oh, how could I relax? And then I looked up and I saw some red shoulder hawks flying over me. And I took these red shoulder hawks as a symbol to have strong shoulder muscles and I admire how easy they could move their wings and whenever I thought about my shoulders I imagine that I could move my shoulders as easy as these hawks could do and within five minutes the pain and the stress in my shoulders was gone and this is a wonderful example to use our power to change things and that's what animals do and And I also also mentioned this um, example because we can go out into nature for hiking and we can be happy because the sun is shining and the animals are around us and a lot of new blossoms but we have to use this energy that's the big difference and that was what I did in this example I used the energy of the hawk to feel better. I'd like to get into our last element, elemental force of people, and talk a little bit about, I like in your book when you describe this particular elemental force, you talk about the dynamic of our ability as individuals to serve as teachers and guides, but then also as apprentices and trainees. I, I think that's a really interesting dynamic itself because on our daily basis and as we interact with others throughout our lives, we take those roles. And sometimes you can gain from both at the same time. In reference to the Huna tradition, how does Huna view people itself, themselves, as a elemental force to help an individual connect with the healing energy of, of nature itself? Mm-hmm. The Huna name... For the for the element of the people or the goddess is is Uli and that means a kind of sorcerer or or magical magical person and how often do we experience that another person is magical in a certain way to us sometimes you meet someone at the street you don't even know and 
he smiles at you and you feel better or you talk to a person next to uh, to you and there is one thought that helps you or the one thought one idea that helps you a lot and in this way people could really be angels for for each other and the other aspect is huna has teachers and and teachers have students but they always be on the same level so you know the teacher is not high in the sky and the student is um a very small person they they always interact on eye level because when i'm teaching huna to my students i am in the same i am apprentice in the same moment because i'm always learning and learning new things and learning how to deal with this certain situation and this is something very important for me i i want to cooperate and to have relationships on on eye level and not like oh the teacher is the king and i am the little one who has to ask if he could speak or if he could ask a question and we are all we came all from the same source so we all have the gods in us and and the sacred energy so yeah whenever you meet people you are teacher and student yeah so i agree with what you mentioned well one of the things i think is interesting about that concept too is we learn from each other every day in our individual experiences from one another and sometimes yeah. those lessons might be difficult you could have a difficult lesson where you're disappointed by somebody but there's also the opportunity that you could even take that type of a situation and really grow from it if you choose to do so. And I, I like that idea and that concept in terms of being able to utilize it through our individual experiences. So I can see how this could be a very important elemental force for connecting an individual to nature itself as a healing modality. We, we do not even learn, or we do not only learn from, from other peoples, we can learn so much from the elements by watching them by studying them last weekend i i had a a course with people and we we had the topic water so we went to the danube which is a big river not far from from the town i'm living and we want to to study how the water deals with obstacle because um, there is a big dam, and this is a very good example to study how the water deals with the stem. And there were three things I got from the water spirit about this topic. The first is, he told me, keep on moving. And the second was, change the obstacle. And the third was, don't change who you are. So, you know, these three short sentences are so full of wisdom and we can learn so much about ourselves and, and also dealing with life from each element, not only from the, from the human element. I'd like to ask you, in terms of, we've already identified the seven elemental forces of nature. I'd like to have you, if possible, share with our audience about the importance of a power circle and how to incorporate that into one's life in trying to understand and connect to these elemental forces. In the beginning, when you start to work with the elements, it's very useful to have this power circle. In, in my all-day life, for example, I always say hello to every element in the morning when I start my day, and with this greeting them, my power circle is alive and is powerful and and I feel myself surrounded by the wind, by the fire, the water, the plants, the stones, the animals and the humans. And this is a a very powerful start into the day. And whatever happens with you during the day, you can always use your power circle to get much easier through the situation. 
I had an appointment last week with the dentist and he told me it's a big thing we have to do, maybe three or four hours. And my power circle was so helpful because I activated it in the morning and I asked every element to support me that I could um, reach my aim. And my aim was to have no pain, that the dentist could work very smoothly without any problems appearing, that um, the pain in my in my teeth will will go away very fast and things like that. So we have something on hand that we could use and we don't need any of these elements in person in personal or in, in a material form. The the elements are our brothers and sisters and they are they would like to to support us and would like to have this relationship with us. And I know people um they create their power circles, for example, they took pictures they made in nature and and they make um a kind of collage, for example, or they they have it on their desk that they see them whenever um they are looking on them and this is a a really powerful way to work with the elements and you don't have to work with every seven elements. You can also just choose one of them. That's up to you. Trust your intuition, what what you need for a certain thing. I can see that for sure. I'd like to talk about techniques for tapping into nature. You mentioned that in your book, and I think that this could definitely be beneficial for our audience to hear about. For example, active daydreaming. How can someone use active daydreaming to tap into nature itself? Mm-hmm. Some people say daydreaming is just fantasy and not very useful. But if you use daydreaming for a certain focus, it's very, very useful. Because in the Huna tradition, we have the mind has two main things to do. One is to analyze and the other thing is um to to use the his imagination because things could only appear in your life when you can imagine it so daydreaming means for example if you want to reach a certain goal you can use the daydream that you imagine yourself um with a boat on a river and how easily you can reach a, a certain goal by by just following this river with daydreaming. And that works also with, with other elements, how the fire transforms something you don't want to have anymore in your all-day life. Can you tell uh, our audience a little about the concept of looking after yourself and how that helps with tapping into nature as a technique? The old Hawaiians greet each other with the question, how is your navel? So in the Huna tradition, the navel is the power center of each person. And with the question, how is your navel? The other one is asking you, what about your power? Are you powerful today? And if you find out, oh, I don't feel so powerful today, then do something to make yourself more powerful and there is this this wonderful breeze, breathing technique in Huna. It's called Pico Pico. And you can use this as well with the elements. That means you think about a powerful tree, a big powerful tree. And by breathing in, you have this picture of the trees, of these trees in mind. And by breathing out, use that energy to make your navel more powerful, or you can imagine a big fire. So you, what you do is you create an energy wave between you and the element you choose, and this energy wave uses your subconsciousness to make you more powerful and to give you the feeling that you are more powerful. 
So we also, we always should look how powerful we feel right now. And if we don't feel very powerful, we should immediately do something and not wait, for example, until the evening comes or until we have lunch break and then we will recover. With the elements, we have these helpers that we can change our status immediately. Can you give our audience an overview of how to connect and communicate with nature, some practical steps that you talk about in your book? One is to give compliments. This is the easiest way to get in, in touch with, with the nature. The, the other thing is to remember you that telepathy is something that is very, very easy for you because it's a, a natural habit every person has and we just trained it maybe during the last years. So as soon as we start doing it, it, it will getting better and better. And the other thing is to, to have respect and to, to trust ourselves that we can make something good by using the elemental forces. And a simple thank you is always very welcome from the, and the elements appreciate that very much. With reference to the actual concept of Malama Pono, which goes back to looking after yourself, can you explain how that concept is important in the Huna tradition and how a, a member of our audience might be able to tap into it to increase their opportunity of connecting with the elemental forces of nature. Malama Pono is a common, no, I have to say it in another way. When in Hawaii, when you meet people and when you go apart, then Malama Pono is the way to say goodbye, to remind yourself to take good care of you and Huna has also this um, concept of the ohana, the family. So that means the the more powerful each member of the family is, the more powerful is the family itself. And Malama Pono means use all the sources you have to become more alive, to become more powerful. And when something seemed at first as an untainable dream, use the element and you will find ways to make these dreams come true. And with the elements, you are not alone. You have so powerful helpers on your side. You have these big trees, these volcanoes, you have these the sea, you have these fairies, these plant fairies, and you have the power animals, and you have all this goodness. And allow yourself that they are part of your family. And this could help you to establish a kind of firework within in your life. And, and then you are highly motivated to achieve new projects, and undiscovered opportunities, you will get to know yourself in a much deeper way by working with the elements. We're coming close to uh, the end of our show. It goes really fast. And I'd like to ask, with reference to this book and with reference to the work that you're enjoying in your, on your path, how would our audience be able to connect with you directly after hearing this episode if they wanted to reach out to you and communicate with you in terms of Tuna and just your other projects. Mm-hmm. So there are different ways to get in touch. One is to read the book, The Seven Elemental Forces of Huna. The other way is to have a look on my website, which is www.susanne-weichel.de. The third way is to join me on one of my seminar journeys to Hawaii or South Africa. And there are also self 
study courses to become a HUNA practitioner or to call for an individual session. So the audience has a lot of ways to get in touch with me and I'm happy about every person who finds his way and gets in touch with me. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing this information with our audience. I believe HUNA has a lot that we can benefit from by studying it and its concepts and the seven elemental forces of nature. Thank you for taking the time to explain these concepts to our audience because I think looking at this and Hawaiian shamanism can really give us some guidance in personal growth and discovery and the mastery of these forces and how they can particularly help us on a daily basis and becoming a, a right. nature energy worker. Yes, so you are right. I really, and I I think, really appreciate it. Yeah, and I think we right. are on earth to become this nature energy worker and we have forgot about that. And I would like to close our interview with the voice of the fire and the fire whispers to us, be a flame for your ideas, burn brightly for life, burn with passion and burn forever. And this is my final greeting to you and to the audience. And keep Una in mind. That helps you a lot. That's great. I like the positive message of Huna and what your book represents and the concepts introduced within it. So I, I can only tell you that you inspire us with, with your work and with everything that you're doing for us. And we appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jason, and thank you for inviting me and sharing all my ideas and also the HUNA concept. Thank you. I look forward to having you on in the future again on a future project. So I, look, I, I, I really appreciate you coming on today, and I, I look forward to working with you again in the future. So definitely keep in touch thank and keep you. me posted on your projects as you go forward. I will do that. Thank you, and Malama Pono, take care for yourself. <laughs> Thank you so much. You too. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. I would like our audience to definitely consider HUNA, Hawaiian shamanism, and how it describes our ability of potentially connecting with the seven elemental forces of nature to better ourselves. We're all on a journey. We all have things that challenge us each day. And nature is one of those things that a lot of us tend to overlook. In terms of our modern era, we don't always think that nature itself could be a soothing, healing experience for us. I definitely appreciate Suzanne Weichel for coming on our show and for her passion in this particular area and writing this book, The Seven Elemental Forces of Huna. As each of us grow through our experiences, we also help inspire others with our actions and deeds. And I would encourage our audience to think about reading this book and the concepts represented within it. Thank you for listening to our show and for supporting it. And if anyone would like to get in touch with me, you can reach me at info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. You can also follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other platforms. Until next time, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. 
I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the rock podcast, Back to the Arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.